the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I've told you about this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Comer puts it this way. He says, your life is the byproduct of your lifestyle. Let me just say that again. Your life is the byproduct of your lifestyle. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Find Matthew chapter 11. This is the first of the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew chapter 11 is where we're going to begin today in just a moment. But I must first ask you a question. Are you weary? It's known as one of the most confounding missing persons cases. Almost... 93 years ago, it was August of 1930, a 45-year-old Judge Joseph Crater disappeared. He waved goodbye to friends after a meal. He held a taxi in New York. He was never heard from again. It's never been discovered what happened. Years of research, countless theories, no conclusions. He was a successful New York Supreme Court judge, so it certainly made news when he showed up missing. The only clue that ever surfaced was found that first day by his wife. There was a note and an envelope, both addressed to her. The envelope contained a large sum of cash. The note simply said, I am very Weary, love Joe. I've lived enough to know there are a lot of people that can share that sentiment. Maybe you can today. You've come to this place and you're weary. You're worn out. You feel beat down or burnt out. You're done. You feel like you're at the end of the rope. You may even be at the point of wanting to disappear. So I ask you again, because I want you to really know where you are. Are you weary? If so, I've got some good news. There's hope. If not, you should tune in as well, because there will likely be a time, a season, a day in your life where you feel all the things I've just described. And when you get to that point, you need to be reminded that in the midst of our hurried and wearied lives, we have a God who longs to give us rest. That's worthy of our celebration. I want to remind you what we've been learning in this series that we've called Rest. We've learned that God created rest. 
We looked at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, and it begins this way. In the beginning, God created, and it says the heavens and the earth, and then we find out that he worked for six days, creating everything you see, including us. He worked, and 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 then he, he created rest. Literally, he created Shabbat Shalom. Sabbath peace. And in doing so, a God who the Bible says never wearies modeled the rhythm, the pace of rest. And then we learned that God not only created rest, he commanded rest. In Exodus chapter 20, we have the Ten Commandments. And that fourth commandment, the longest of all the commandments, says, Honor the Sabbath, Shabbat. Keep it holy. Deuteronomy 5, 40 years later, Moses again, just before the children of Israel go into the promised land, says once more, honor the Sabbath. And he reminds him, the reason you do this is because God has delivered you. God is with you. You can rely on him. So rest in him. But we didn't stop there. We continued our studies of the scriptures and and we've learned that when you fail to rest, no matter how big your name, it could be a name like Elijah or you could be a group of people like the children of Israel. No matter who you are, when you fail to rest in God, you will fail. So Elijah climbed under a tree and cried out to God, I just want to die. The prophet Isaiah told the children of Israel, you can find rest if you'll Rest in me, in quietness, and trust you'll find your strength. But you wouldn't have it. You, you ran after the ways of Egypt, the ways of the world. You, you, you escaped into other pathways that you thought would meet your needs. And you find out there's always consequences when you fail to rest in God. And so today we make our way to the New Testament. And in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is going to call us to rest. But before we get there, I need to tell you, it's my periodic reminder that Jesus didn't just show up on the scene in the New Testament. You understand that, right? We don't get to Matthew and all of a sudden, wow, God Jr. was born. No, we serve a triune God. It's hard for us to understand, but we worship and serve God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was there when rest was created. Jesus was there when rest was commanded. Jesus was there when people suffered the consequences of not resting. And now Jesus in the flesh is going to call us to rest. He didn't come to give us a new rule our new religion, Jesus came to show us a new rest. So the context of Matthew 11 is a pivotal season in Jesus' ministry. If we were to back up from the verses we're going to read, you'll find out that Jesus is making his claim. He's beginning to state very clearly that he believes he's God. That's what will eventually get him killed. Because the Jewish leaders don't like that assertion. They call it blasphemy. But you're going to hear Jesus will say that I and the Father, we've got a connection you're not aware of. Just after this, you're, you're going to see that those Jewish leaders, they amp up their attacks. They're going to come after Jesus because they want to kill him. They plot his demise. But the message of this passage is clear. 
It's a sermon in a sentence. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. If you don't walk away with anything else, I want you to get that. Let's say it together. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. It really is that simple. This is the Word of God, Matthew 11, beginning in verse 25. At that time, Jesus said, so for some of you, In your Bible, these words are read. I like that, but I want to remind you, all of this is the Word of God. So when you have red letter words, that just means they were spoken by the incarnate Christ that when he was walking and talking the earth. But all of the Bible, we believe, is God's inerrant. It doesn't contain errant, infallible. It doesn't contain falsehoods, word. But Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned. You revealed them to little children. We could spend our entire time talking about this. We won't, but let me remind you that Scripture teaches that the truths of Scripture can be understood even by a small child. Aren't you thankful for that? We live in an age where I think it is true that whoever wants this generation the most will likely get them. I'm thankful to be a part of a church that says we want to reach the next generation. Parents, grandparents, I would tell you, the LGBTQ community, they want your children. They want this next generation. The media empire that influences us, they want this next generation. The prince of air, the prince of darkness, the ways of this world desire our children and our grandchildren But Scripture teaches that the things of God that have the ability to transform their lives can be understood even by the smallest child. And thus Jesus would say, don't keep the little children from coming to me. Behind me, you see the letters VBS that stand for Vacation Bible School. That begins in our church here on this campus tomorrow. We're excited because there's no time during the year where we'll have more children on our campus than during Vacation Bible School. And I want you to pray with me that many of those children come to Jesus during that time. Goes on. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Look at verse 27. All things have been committed to me by the Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son. And to those whom the Son chooses to reveal to him. So Jesus is making these bold claims. And then he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want us to pray one one more time. Father, I pray that as we gather in this place, more than anything else, the name of Jesus will be praised. So Lord Jesus representative of the listeners and those gathered here, I declare, we surrender. We want what you want from your word. So Holy Spirit of God, fill us in this moment with your truth. Give us what we need that we don't have. Teach us those things we've not yet learned. Make us new and different for your glory. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. 
may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Begin with me, Lord. Let the words I say and even my thoughts be pleasing to you. And Jesus, grant rest today. Father, would you grant eternal rest for that person that does not yet know you? May this be the day of their salvation. And Lord, I thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. We've just concluded Matthew 11. If you were to turn the page and go to Matthew chapter 12, you would find out that Jesus is illustrating the very principle he just spoke. Listen to what it says. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. They began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. And when the Pharisees, the religious leaders, saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath. I told you the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they were going to increase their attacks on Jesus, and they did, but they're off base here. Because Jesus had just said, hey, come to me if you're weary, if you're tired out, if you're trying to do all this stuff in your own strength and you can't get there, you're not accomplishing what you're trying to accomplish, come to me, let me give you my way, and you'll find out it's easier than what you're trying. Right after that, the religious leaders spot Jesus and his disciples are hungry, So they pull some grain. It happens to be the Sabbath day, and they try to catch him in a law. This is what Jesus is talking about. You've made this relationship with God something it was never intended to be. You've made it something that's hard, something that's challenging, something that even the best of people can't accomplish. He's saying, listen to my word. So so I want us to listen one more time. Let's just slow it down a little bit and breathe in. The words of Jesus. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Pastor, scholar Eugene Peterson is now with the Lord, but in his lifetime, he paraphrased the scriptures. You may be aware of it. His paraphrase of the scriptures is called the message. Listen to how the message reads this passage. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. 
get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love the turn of a phrase. Don't you love that? The unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You see, whatever speed you read the words of Jesus and whatever the translation, his message is clear. We've said it already. The solutions to life's most challenging problems are found when you come to Jesus. But let me say that another way because a lot of us are out there and our weariness, our, our, our tiredness is coming from this reality that we often find ourselves saying something like this, I, I just wish I had more time. Anybody ever said that? I think what we're learning from Jesus is the solution to our problem is not more time, but more Jesus. You see, we can't get any more time. If that's a newsflash to you, I'm sorry, but you're not going to get any more time than I have. We've got the same minutes and hours in our day. We all struggle with the same number of seconds. We can't have more time. But what Jesus is saying is you can't have more of me. It's the secret to soul rest. Shabbat shalom. Sabbath peace. So how do you get that? What's Jesus up to here? There are three things from this passage. I think they're straightforward. Let me give them to you. First, Jesus makes a simple request. A simple request. You know what it is? Come to me. Say, come to me. Philosopher Soren Kierkegaard nicknamed Jesus the great inviter. Because Jesus was always saying, come. How did he call his disciples? Do you remember? When he saw them fishing, he would say, come, come on, follow me. I imagine as he prepared to preach that greatest sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, that he looked around at the crowds as he walked by to the place where he would eventually land, and he said, come, follow me. And today that invitation is to you. He's saying to you, come to me. He's inviting you. And nothing's new. The call of Jesus has always been to everybody. Regardless of your background, regardless whether you're religious or irreligious, whether you consider yourself righteous or unrighteous, the call of Jesus is open for whosoever will shall come. Come to me. You accept this call? That's what I want to ask you. Will, will you, you longtime professing follower of Christ, you faithful member of his church, will, will you respond to the request of Jesus, his invitation to come? Why should you? Because I'm looking at your faces. There's a lot of you. You're weary and you're burdened. You're worn down by the cares of this world. You've let things that are outside of the ways and the word of God influence and impact you in such a way that you would say you are done. You feel like you're carrying a burden that's too big on a path that's too hard and the destination seems impossible and you need rest. And that's what Jesus says he offers. Come to me 
and I will give you rest. Literally, he says, come to me and I will rest you. We understand that, though we've not used that phrase. As parents, as fathers, you've probably used a a phrase and, and made a word fit like that. Like when my kids were younger, I can remember looking at my boys and saying, you do that again and I'll, I'll tear you up. <laughs> Jesus is saying, come to me and I will rest you. I will show you how to live in such a way that rest is who you are. But to do that, you have to come to me. Not go look for a way of escape. Not go to your closest friends. Not lose yourself in your work or not find a new hobby. Not seek a new relationship. He doesn't even say come to church. He says come to me. Salvation and healing and rest is not through a creed or a ritual or through a church or through a pastor or through religion at all. True salvation and healing rest comes through a person. And you'll never find it if you don't go to that person, if you don't come to Jesus. This separates the call of Christ from every other religious call in the world. There are about 12 major world religions, but let me give you the top two outside of Christianity. Buddha. Buddha said, come to me. But he never said, I'll give you rest. He said, come to me and do these things. Follow this noble eightfold path. And then maybe you'll experience nirvana. Muhammad, the prophet upon which Islam is founded. He said, come to me, but he he never said, I'll give you rest. He, He said, come to me. And if you do these five things, the five pillars of Islam, maybe things will work out for you in the end. Better than it works out for some others. He doesn't promise rest. Jesus is the only one who says, come to me and I will give you rest. He makes a simple request, come to me. But then we see that you and I have a simple response. Take his yoke. We have to take his yoke. Now, most of us living in our century, we think of a yoke as a piece of hardware that a farmer or a rancher would use to keep two animals together. And though I'm neither a farmer nor a rancher, my understanding is they wouldn't really yoke together two strong oxen, for example, or two weak oxen. They would pick a strong one and a weak one, and and they would yoke them together. And there is an element of that that we're going to see in this story, that we are to be yoked with Jesus. And there's certainly elements in Scripture where we are talked about being unequally yoked with those who are not of Jesus. But there's more. You see, because yoke was also an idiom, a a figure of speech. Jesus was referred to by his followers as rabbi. You know what a rabbi is? It's a teacher. They would call him rabbi or teacher. And what we know about the days in which Jesus lived is every rabbi, every teacher had a yoke. They would have a way that they would teach the biblical truths that they hold on to. 
Some of that happens today, even from pastor teachers, right? That's what one of the things that may influence where you go to church. You, you like the way in which the biblical things are addressed. And, and so every rabbi would talk about things, questions that everybody had, questions like divorce and sexuality and what do we do about our money and, and just basic life issues. What is the way we do that? What's your understanding of how we do that through Scripture? So Jesus... Jesus talks about being yoked his way. It's a principle that should be our goal today. To walk not just according to the words or the truth of Jesus, but to walk according to the ways of Jesus. Church people, we get that messed up a lot. Because it's easy for us to be strongly grounded in the truth of Jesus, the words of Jesus. We call that doctrine, right? And so we'll fight over doctrine... But sometimes when we do that, we're not living by the ways of Jesus. We're not handling truth and grace. We want to live according to the truths of Jesus and the ways of Jesus. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9, here on Faith Talk Tampa. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.